Welcome to Sharon Feelings. My name is Chris Sharon. Hey, and welcome to another episode. Before I introduce my guest, listen, the election is just a few days away, and if you haven't done so already, get your ass up and vote now. Okay, on to the episode. I am pleased to share with you Mr. Andy Tofa. We dive right into an extremely heartfelt analysis of his current relationship, attributing its success and strength to a commitment to complete honesty. We discuss how emotional vulnerability is a necessary key to a loving partnership. Andy faces his feelings of abandonment and not being enough as he expresses his everlasting faith and the power in believing in something greater than yourself. He reminds me that you only see miracles if you're looking for them. We share a lot of laughs, a lot of love, and of course, I couldn't let the conversation end without learning a little more about his incredible success in Hamilton. This is our first long talk in quite some time, so let's get into it. I hope you enjoy. <laughs> yes, Mr. Tafal. <laughs> Dude, can you believe it? Dude, I can't, but I can't. <laughs> I know, right? You, Thank you so much, man. Oh my gosh, I'm still on cloud nine. I'm just so happy. Yeah, I'm happy we like scheduled this phone call like I was saying earlier, just like one so that people can hear what you have to say, but also just like I miss you. Dude, I miss you too, man. I miss you too. And crazy how full circle I feel like now that I'm marrying Kristen and here we are talking days late. <laughs> just like it all happened all at the same Dude, time. I still remember that day where we were on we were in the cabin. It was like me, you, Emma, and Kristen. Uh huh. It's just like, who knew, man? Dude, truly, though, like, I I don't think at that, you know, sometimes people joke and they're like, love at first sight, and uh, I knew as soon as I met you that you were going to be the one forever. I don't think it was that way, and I think truly in the moment there was no possible future in which we were getting married. <laughs> it was funny, too, because it was like, you guys, like, tortured each other a little bit, too. It was always just like jabs here and then like playful teasing but also i kind of felt like i was like oh these guys kind of feel like even though like kristen was feeling the type of way like oh i don't like chris i don't like chris i was like mm. Mm, yeah <laughs> i know it seems like everybody else caught on like far before we did <laughs> it was so cool or it was probably one of those things where like we knew but didn't want to admit it and then yeah. just like that turned into pushing against each other <laughs> we call this period of time when we like first started to realize that we had feelings for each other but didn't want to admit it we call it the crash because uh, it just it all it all just culminated in this moment uh when we were in iceland and just like it blew up in our faces and we just just got so angry at each other and we're fighting and just like what are we so angry about like we just want to <laughs> why don't we just be together yeah <laughs> and that was four years ago <laughs> it's nuts man but anyway dude how you doing man what's going on you're in utah I'm in St. George, Utah, man. Just, wow. I've been here since August and uh, just been catching up with the family. It's been really nice. Okay, because you were in Pennsylvania with Mariella's family. Yeah, I was I was there. Like when COVID happened, I moved out of my apartment in San Francisco and then moved in with her in New York. And then we 
gave up our apartment in New York and moved back to Pennsylvania. And we've been kind of like traveling from there to like Georgia to visit her sister and whatnot. So, yeah, we've been with each other for the longest part that, than we've ever had in our in our whole relationship. So it's been wow. really good. Yeah. Wow. And what's that like? I mean, what was that like? I mean, especially the two of you, you know, always bopping around, traveling around, working, not really getting a chance to be together. What was it like going from that to like every single second? Dude, long distance hell. And it's always been hell for us. It was like we made the most of it, of course. But like, man, I don't, I hate that life. Yeah. And, you know, we got to see each other like at least once a month. So that was good. But it was just the times that we were apart, bro. Like literally the second I dropped her off to the airport and she got home, like things would just go to shit. We'd get so insecure with each other. And like, we'd be like, oh, fuck, like we hate this like and you know but then going back to being with each other every day just it helps so much mm. you know you, you don't really at least for us it's like I, do, I definitely do like value my own like not private time but just like being alone by myself sure um, and having those moments but bro like being with the your person man it just changes everything and it not only like solidify helps solidify your relationship but it also makes things like whenever you're having to have hard talks or whatnot it makes it a lot easier to communicate through love instead of like trying to communicate through with love through a phone and then you kind of just forget about the love because you're just so frustrated with the fact that you can't just be with each other and give each other a hug or yeah. whatnot you know yeah of, so yeah, yeah i mean nice. how is it is it just come down to that i feel like how challenging are things when you are apart i feel like so many people don't understand you know sometimes take for granted the fact that they get to be with their loved ones all the time you know close to their family you know with their significant other but for you especially you know you've been moving around so much on tour and stuff you know is it just physically being together you think really can can solve a lot of the issues you know yeah i think it does like not only solve but i think being apart brings up so many other issues that normal couples that don't do long distance every day like have to deal with that you really have to solidify in your relationship because we started dating 2017 like august of 2017 was like when we became official official and like Mm -hmm. then we went we had like a month together and then we both went on tour on october so like and then since then it's been non-stop tour so it's like not even really having a foundation it's like hard especially trying to find out what it is to be together but then also find out what it is to what it means to be together but being apart right and like still trying to develop trust in the relationship and developing like you know you you have your past experiences that kind of shape what you're either insecure about how you feel about certain situations and just really learning how to communicate all that um by being also being apart is just like really hard and like definitely we're good highs but definitely low low lows sure so how did you build a relationship especially after not physically being together for that long once it was official you know how did you build it and and what did you hold on to you know what gave you that strength of like I'm gonna put my time and energy into this tenfold because I want to like what was that want for you like how how did you know you know especially not getting that time together Absolutely. Honestly, bro, it was like you have to. I'm not gonna lie. Like I was always the one to run away from the relationship and wanting to break it off. 
I was always the one to be like, yo, this is like really hard. Like maybe we should just be apart or like, and she was always the one to like bring us back to why we met and why our relationship was so special and so unique and something to fight for. And definitely I've had my moments of being that for her, but she definitely had more for me than anything else. And just to be like, I've done the, my biggest growing with her and with this relationship also being long distance because I really had to be vulnerable, man. I had to talk about things that I've never really even truly processed or talked about with myself, Mm. you know? And so you kind of just go through life one thing to the next and you kind of don't really stop to like process or take in things or really evaluate like what's important to you or what, why you feel the way you do. Um, I feel like our relationship did that very early on just with insecurities and instead of like trying to just run away from securities and give give up in a relationship just really being like okay like even though we're, we're screaming and kind of like arguing this way but like we're expressing honestly how we truly feel it may not be coming across that in the most loving way but at least we're expressing it and at mm-hmm. least we're trying to be as honest and, and as we can instead of just like you know letting each other hear what we want to hear you know totally um and i think for myself like it, i really had a lot of growing and like really a lot of just there's been so much i feel like trauma i feel like there's trauma in everybody's lives and in my own personal it's just like i've always ran away from trauma or just like kind of kept going from one thing to the next and not really dealing with it so to have someone really like get to the bottom of like how are you feeling and why do you feel that way like Mm. what like don't bullshit me just be honest and open and being that honest and being that vulnerable bro was so scary and i just i feel like she just made me have to like it was like i had to choose just like you know like i love this girl and i if i really do love her like there really shouldn't be anything that i'm ever hiding or that i feel like i need to um and just trusting that like even this if this doesn't go how i want it to like hopefully it'll just work out and there's been a lot of times where she's just even though i i would just get angry at the fact that i didn't i felt so vulnerable and i hated that feeling and i hated confronting myself and what i've either what i've done or what i've experienced and you know my heart would be pounding and just be angry at that fact and she would always be like you know after all this fight and stuff she's like i still love you and i'm still gonna be here like i think i have a lot of abandonment and not feelings of not being enough you know i that's like a common theme for a lot of people Mm. and it's really real not just like acknowledging it but also just like diving into why you feel that way and like she's been she was my therapist like we've been each other's therapist but for sure like she's been my therapist throughout this whole relationship until i could finally get one of my own and not put that stress on our relationship because i think when you're in long distance you kind of have to do that and if there's so much already expected of you like already stressful in your relationship so adding long distance and then adding like therapy and for each other and adding on so many other things it just like you have to really learn how to balance and really learn like okay what is this relationship for us and what who are you to me and what am i to you are we really going to spend all this time and energy for each other is it worth it like do is our love unconditional and i've really she's really taught me that word of unconditional Hmm. so wow (laughs) that was uh, amazing to hear so many things that i picked up on with that i mean first of all being so open to another person letting them into your life you know i I think like 
the word love to me when I was younger just had this magical feeling of like untouchable beauty and romanticism and all this all these undefined things but I think when you come down to it like love and unconditional love is really born out of that like support and that like each other promising like I'm gonna be here even when we're in the trenches fighting it out like I'm here because I want to work hard at this relationship and I want to support you in this relationship and in your own journey and I want us to do it together and vice versa and just like love is that everyday commitment you know it's that it's that commitment to fight for one another and sometimes that means fighting with each other and I can only imagine how challenging that was when you couldn't physically be together you know I I understand that as well uh just how difficult that can be but like I'm so happy for you man I mean that is amazing like that is that is incredible I thank you for sharing all that because you know we haven't really had a chance to sort of go into it fully I mean I feel like we're on the same level you know I I can understand everything that you're saying and I feel it too I mean every day is not easy you know every day is not you know sunshine and lovey-dovey and this and that we we strive we strive for that you know and we want that Mm -hmm. but I think the beauty of what I'm hearing that you have with Mariella is like you're willing to to do it all you're willing to to just lay it all out for each other the good the bad the ugly right like that is what it comes down to and i think the misconception that people have is like oh one day i'm gonna find somebody who just loves me for who i am and asks no questions and (laughs) you know what i mean like doesn't we don't need to try like no questions thing is that the thing is just like oh yeah i just love you i love you i love you exactly yeah yeah yeah. And, and then we start to get away with all these things i think i think love is change too right like love is the openness to change and to to understand yeah. who we were and who we want to be and the fact that she's able to be that sort of conduit for you that like the catalyst to change for you like that makes me feel like this is a forever thing you know I don't want to speak too soon, you know. I'm just getting married, so obviously yeah, it's in the that's air. So like, funny you bring that up. Bro. <laughs> like, I I don't. I hope she doesn't see this before it happens. But bro, like literally this past week, after she left, really is when I started. Like, I've been praying about it and like mm. really like asking God, asking the universe to like really help me with this because, and also the pandemic's really helped with this. And, like, I'm planning to propose to her on, wow. like, Thanksgiving, bro. Wow, 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 Dude, wow. I know, man. And so I've been trying, like, I-, I talked to her sister about it. She was, like, goosebumps. She's like, oh, my gosh, like, Evie's going to have her Uncle Andy and all this stuff. <laughs> talked to all her friends, talked to my family, and they're so supportive. And um, it's been crazy. The only people I haven't talked to was I need to talk to as her parents but i'm waiting till i get back in person <laughs> definitely definitely but like was already i've gone ring shopping i'm i'm starting like to customize things <sighs> and like really figure out what i want to do bro like it's crazy wow I'm, like, freaking out. Oh. I'm freaking out bro but i'm so excited oh that's that's incredible even, even just last night she sent me this like ring company that she was like oh my goodness i didn't even know about these kinds of diamonds <laughs> and stuff i'm like Bro, like, are you ready? Or, like, you giving me hands? Or, like, what are you doing? Like, all this stuff. So, it's, it's yeah. exciting. Yeah, that's, wow. I mean, congratulations, man. I, I I am so, so happy for you and proud of you and just excited yeah, for you. Girl. And I just, you I know. Really appreciate that. Oh, you know, you got me forever, man. Like, I, th- these times, like, I mean, you know, we can go into it a little bit more. Like, it's all 
messed up, you know, the life is yeah. really messed up right now. But the fact that you're able to, you know, not only have this love, but grow this love during this time and make these sort of choices for your life and these commitments that are so incredibly powerful and beautiful, like even during these dark times, like that's what it's all about, right? Like just moving forward anyway, right? Like not letting it take you down and just yeah. staring at it, it in the face and just moving through it. I think that that's what I'm catching the sense that Mariella helps you with just just pushing through and forward and and just onward you know I think a big issue that I have in my life a lot of the times is like staying stuck or stuck in the past idea of myself or things that once haunted me in the past are still sort of like mirandering whatever the fuck the word is like around in my life um and just like they're lingering you know they're just they're they're stuck here and and it's really just about letting them go you know and just pushing forward like there's still nothing that we can control about covid and all this shit and like i'm still horrified for what the election is going to bring for this country like one way or another you know like i don't even know but like we have to continue to make those choices to move forward woman that my cousin started going to uh, she's an energy healer and sort of a medium as well but she does this thing kind of like muscle testing that kind of deals with your subconscious and what it is is whenever your body feels like whenever you speak truth your body is strong and it reacts strong and when it it's told lies or when you say lies to yourself it becomes weak and so she kind of does this thing where you stick your arm out and try to hold it as firmly as you can and not let her put she only puts like maybe two pounds of pressure on it to try to lower it and whenever she says like a thing of like i am not dealing with abandonment she'll push it down and if it if it rings true for you it'll stay strong but if it doesn't it will, it will falter and it'll be week so she's been doing so i went to her the other day for a 90 minute session and we talked about a whole bunch of things uh in my past and the biggest thing that really started like the whole kind of like abandonment kind of thing and not the feelings of not being enough had to deal with my father so ironically enough my mom and dad split when i was about seven but we had left him in California we moved because like he was involved with drugs and drinking and like being abusive to my mom more so he never hurt harmed us as kids and but like there was a point like their relationship was so toxic like he pulled a gun on her and stuff and all this stuff like so we like that day I literally told my mom like we're leaving him I don't want to be with him anymore and all this stuff and we left and after that I didn't see him for 10 years until I was 17 and the only reason I we met up with him again was because my great-grandma, who at the time I thought was his, my grandma, but she turns out she's my great-grandma, was in the hospital and possibly could die. So we met up with him in the parking lot, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe I'm meeting you again. But he, we talked. It was good. Like, he gave me some, like, rings and a jacket and stuff, and, you know, trying to do, like, I don't know, what guilty fathers kind of do when, when you haven't seen your kids in a while. And we started forming a, a bond like that he gave me a, he bought me a phone because i didn't have a phone at the time then he had a falling out afterward for things that happened on facebook he kind of bashed my mom i didn't like that i was defending her so like then we stopped talking 
and we met maybe again after all that time uh like last year actually again and then we cultivated we're starting to cultivate a somewhat friendship or relationship whatever but it had to do with him leaving and he didn't really he didn't leave us but he wasn't the father we could stay with and i've always tried to be that father figure to my brothers while searching for a father myself um and always trying to find that kind of validation from other people my people please a lot and so you know that feeling of was it my fault that my parents split that i wasn't enough for him that he never like reached out to me that he didn't want to be in my life because my mom would tell me like he doesn't pay child support and when we went to court he said he doesn't want to see the kids anymore and all that stuff so that like really hit home so i'm talking about this with melinda is her name and we're talking about this and she's saying that she's identifying all these things and i'm like oh my goodness like i i knew my dad played a big part of my life and i just it really attributes to the fact that everything that happens to you affects you one way or another and can have long-lasting effects especially on kids and you take that with you and if you don't process it and you don't acknowledge it and deal with it you'll always just be going through life wondering like why i act this way you feel this way and so that's also a triggering factor of like why i feel like people always leave me as a kid i was very dramatic a lot of anger management issues like i was the one sitting by the tub of ball court on the floor with my lunch bag punching my lunch box like that was me like little things people would bully me and i would just like freak out luckily i wasn't the kind of kid that like did anything about it the most i ever did was i'm was really stupid but like i'm glad that it didn't go further was the fact that i brought knives in my backpack to school mm. and like never brought them out but i i was at that point in my life where i was like so many things were happening to me i felt like so lost and confused and so angry all the time i attributed to the fact that my anger was directly related to my dad who was angry and so growing up like in california i was always known as this dramatic angry kid who like even like to my cousins like they teased me about it but there's this one time my cousin Ammon and I went to a scout camp and he would always hang out with his, his other friends. He's a little bit older than me, but like you hang out with him and I'm like, I would get mad at him and be jealous that like he wouldn't spend time with me. And so there's one day I like, we're in the middle of the woods and I, I'm about, I'm like running away and he's trying to stop me. And I was like, Andy, stop. And I turn back to him. I tell him, you say you love me, but it's all a lie. And I start running out into the forest and like, they couldn't find me for hours. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So that's like the kind of kid that I was. And like, I moved to Utah and was like, you know what? I want to leave that all behind as best as I can and try to start anew. And I did for the most part, but you know, that, kind of brokenness it still kind of lingers with you uh for a bit so i would also have episodes here and there with friends or whatnot and at the studio that i grew up in but that transitioned over into my relationship my relationship with mariella has been the longest relationship i've ever had i've dated a few people had a lot of casual flings or hookups or whatnot and I think I was always scared of that kind of commitment because that either meant that I couldn't leave or they would leave me. And I always felt like I wasn't either good enough or there was something wrong with me that I couldn't stay with someone when they started digging, you know, and found that I wasn't perfect even though I tried to be. And even though I know that I could never be perfect and no one is ever perfect, you know, yeah. I think 
perfectionism was such a thing for me as a kid and I spent so much of my years trying to be perfect trying to just do my best that I lost the joy in a lot of things and lost being in the moment and really enjoying whatever I was doing yeah I I wonder what what's that like now that you're sort of ready to make this commitment to Mariella uh, having gone through so much of that abandonment and fear and you know problems with relationships you know friendships relationships how has that changed for you so mariella knows me better than i know myself a lot Mm. of times like you you have nothing to hide there's nothing Mm. literally nothing and i was full of secrets man Mm. full of things i was ashamed of full of things that were like trauma in my past from like physical abuse to sexual abuse to you know so many other things dealing with family issues like and she's been through that she's been not only has she helped me through that but she's also like she's been through a lot of shit with also my family my mom the first time I brought her home I thought it was going to be the best experience and I thought my mom was lovely turned out to be the exact opposite that my mom made a lot of racist comments to her and told her that she would never be good enough for for me and that I was going to be like God and all this kind of crazy shit that I didn't really realize I'd always built my picture up of my family and especially my parents to be this great thing that I love them and like it's they're the most loving people and they are but their actions don't really line up with the words but she's been through that she's been there and knows me and all the ins and outs and the ugly and the things that scared me the most and has held my hand and like not only held me but like lifted me carried me it's this kind of thing of like I see people especially like Amanda Klutz and Nick Cordero Mm. that life changed for them in an instant Mm. Um, and I don't want to wait anymore I don't want to wait and lose her so that's kind of what spurred everything in the midst of this pandemic like there's not going to be a perfect time there's not going to be a perfect anything Um, there's not going to be a perfect person there's just people who are imperfectly perfect for you comes down to like we were raised completely opposite you know she mm. had the most loving parents like the most loving parents you could, would ever find mm. and, and grandparents and I and I come from a place that like in the Samoan culture you have to have a really tough skin because not only physical abuse part of the culture but also it's like words don't mean a lot to, to someone's like you be teased for things that you feel so insecure about the things that you would never even think to say and they, they just think that's normal like they're so freaking blunt like it's it's horrific sometimes and my grandmother was the same way and then when i meet her family and i meet her grandmother who's the sweetest person literally an angel <laughs> and god bless her soul she passed last year but yeah. she just has a different experience Mary had a different experience so coming into my kind of family it was tough for her but she she still stuck it out like there are times I'm not gonna lie she she was like I don't think I can do this like all this stuff she would express that to me not to hurt my feelings even though I would take it personally because I'm a person who's filled with a lot of pride and sometimes I get the pride get the best of me but Mm. to communicate honestly how she felt and who could freaking blame her man So it's, I found a diamond in the rough that's really so uniquely designed to withstand 
all the things that I'm a product of, but I'm also not trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be better and not be just a product of my circumstances, but we, we can't help but be influenced by what we experience, you know? Of course. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the power of any relationship, I think, to help you evolve. You know, I think, you know, I I just want to say like, you're a very special man and I'm, I'm sure that Mariella reminds you of that constantly, but uh, regardless of everything you've been through and everything that's sort of in your blood and inside of you and maybe things that can't change but can only sort of grow or they're all special man and I'm, I'm lucky to know you just want that to be said uh, as we continue forward but yeah I think the beauty of opening yourself up to people is something that's really valuable to me I think like focusing on honesty and it it feels like your relationship with Mariella is steeped in that you know whatever comes from it whatever you know whatever else is around that you share all the time is beautiful and perfect but I think the fact that it's rooted in honesty and being open to dealing with whatever comes from that honesty is perhaps why you're in this place of knowing that you want to propose to her you know I mean I think it's awesome you know I I, there's there's only so much reflection I think that we can do you know like I fall into this difficulty of analyzing and overanalyzing and over overanalyzing my life and my past my choices and am I going to be where I want to be and am I doing enough for my life for my career and all this and I think we can only think about it so much and 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 at a certain point we just kind of have to close that chapter and move on today's episode is proudly sponsored by brooklyn blooms a premier florist boutique founded by la paris phillips brooklyn blooms draws inspiration from fashion nature and art while using flowers as the medium mixing textures colors and silhouettes applies to arranging flowers just as much as it applies to creating the perfect look by using curated seasonal blooms they create beautiful things out of beautiful things with you in mind brooklyn blooms is there for you with custom designs for any occasion their work has been published in the knot and new york magazine for more information or to shop now visit their instagram at brooklyn Blooms NYC or their website www.brooklynblooms.com. So I think it goes back to my experience with college. And I went to the University of Oklahoma to get a BFA in musical theater. And I'm a kid who grew up in California with cousins like who family I don't even know like what a musical was Mm. and like going to a class with people who their families were were big into musicals and just music in general and like studying that and I came in not knowing a lick bro my first experience with theater was when I moved to Utah and started dancing and I've always danced I loved hip-hop like that was cool and I grew up loving Michael Jackson but then when I started doing ballet and jazz and stuff that's when it really flipped for me what it meant to be an artist and what it meant to create and express your feelings through an art form because I've always thought that ballet was gay you know for Mm. girls and all this kind of like toxic masculinity kind of thing and it really just 
shaped me. And then when I went to school and I felt like I knew nothing and these kids would, could sight read and knew mm. musicals back and forth, could sing and could act. And acting was the hardest thing for me, especially it was the scariest thing because I had to be real with myself mm. and I hadn't been for my whole life. It was really hard for me to be in acting classes and to really know what it meant, what these emotions were. Like I felt like I was numb. I would turn my emotions off whenever I did anything because if it came to sports, if it came to academics, like no emotions are really involved in all that stuff. And if they're emotions, it's mostly just like anger mm. or like something to like give you power or, or whatnot. So it's like to be vulnerable and to be honest with these feelings was really hard for me. And honestly, it's also knowing what the work is. Sometimes I get so caught up in being perfect and achieving a goal or achieving my dreams means hard work and i think i've had to really define what it means to work mm. and what that means for myself personally it was a blessing that i came into hamilton really off of a whim because it was like i saw it was the first musical i saw on broadway <laughs> ever and i won the lottery for it and from that point on i was like i never connected truly with the show before when i was in school all the musicals we did like were older like you know golden age musicals and i was like oh, this is okay like i don't really have anything to like connect me to i feel like i see myself in this and mm. it's kind of separate from the art for a, for most of my college experience and then start when we started doing things like in the Heights, we did a scene from In the Heights and that was the first time I was like, oh, maybe I can actually do this. And then seeing Hamilton, I was like, oh, for sure, I'm doing that. And I remember going home that night and they had this thing of like, you could record yourself doing a rap and singing a song and like, hopefully you'll be in Hamilton, you know? <laughs> so I did that and I had my friend film me doing a rap that I made up that night because I couldn't sleep. I was like, I need to be in the show. And I don't even remember it or whatnot, but mm. just like hoping, like I submitted it and be like, okay, let's let's see how this goes. And of course, you know, like rarely does anything happen from that. So then an open call came about and went to one and it was good. Didn't hear much from that. And then it wasn't until I was auditioning for Beetlejuice and made it toward the end of that, that they were like, I had a rap part for some reason in Beetlejuice and they were like, oh wait, uh, can you come in for Hamilton? And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah and so i had a like grueling audition season for that just because it was like at that time my grandmother had had a stroke mm. and so i flew back to utah because my grandma raised me and i'm really really close to her she's i've never dealt with death firsthand and i'm really scared about it the biggest thing with goes along with the abandonment things is I've always wanted to say goodbye to people. I always needed to. Whenever my mom would go to work, I had to say goodbye to her before she left. So when my grandma was in the hospital, I went home to be with her, to help out with her, because I didn't know what was going to happen. But then Hamilton had call wanted callbacks, so I was flying every week or every other week back to New York from Utah wow. to do like auditions and I was like oh my gosh like, what am I doing is this even worth my my money like all this mm. stuff and, but luckily it, it turns out it was <laughs> dude dude I'm so like happy it did yeah it never happens the way you think it's gonna happen right like I just it never happens so <laughs> It, it it's wild man but I, there is some power that i want to pick up on i think of like 
you witness this show and not only is it just like a masterpiece in terms of the artistry of what musical theater can be like i think just for in itself like the choreography and the music and the storytelling all of it sort of wrapped up into this one like perfect piece you know it's it's incredible but like in addition to that just the accomplishment that it makes of portraying actors that are not white on stage to give people just like you uh, a chance to say hey i think that i could do this you know like i do fit in to broadway i do fit into musical theater and like i belong you know like that that feeling is is so priceless it's so much more important than even just the masterpiece that hamilton is on a musical theater level you know and and the power of seeing that and having the thought I love this. I want to be a part of this. I can be a part of this. I will be a part of this. Like that that progression of like you had the reaction of passion and love and like a, a, attraction. Like this is something that I want. And then you manifested it, man. Like you 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 did it. Like you did it and you got there, you know? And and like not 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 to undermine the fact that you're incredibly talented everybody should know that that you didn't just get there by a whim you know you do deserve to be there no doubt like and you earned it but like to be able to manifest something like that i'm i'm focusing lately on the idea of of having these clear goals like very specifically clear goals and once we have those is when the manifestation can really begin. And I just, yeah, I just, I love the fact that like you went after it, it didn't work out and then time passed and you're involved in something completely different. And then the opportunity arises for you again. Like that's incredible, man. It's so hard to wrap my head around. Thanks man. I know it really does. It's funny you bring up manifestation because me and Mariella have been saying that we haven't been manifesting lately Mm. and we should. And it's, it's so true in terms of like what you think becomes your reality and you, we create as much as we are acted upon and are affected by. A lot of times we think of these people, like they have clear goals and they have a clear path and it's not that it's really just having clear goals and no matter what, where life takes you, like, just know that you're you're still working as long as you're putting in the work uh, the effort to each and every day it doesn't matter how big or how small yeah it really life life works that way the universal works that way it's mysterious it's in things that you have to have faith in that you maybe okay this is where i want to be but i'm going through here and i feel like i have no way of getting to there and it's not about being there already it's about all those little journeys and little steps Mm. that you're learning along the way and that you're presenting yourself with that eventually all of a sudden you wake up one day and you're like holy crap i'm here (laughs) i'm where i wanted to be and i'd like and that's that's the power of god and and the universe man like yeah it's it's so it's so surreal yeah and and how how's how's your faith in god and in those things outside of your control, you know, those things that are greater than us, how has is, how is that faith made it more clear for you, you know, these thoughts? Honestly, I don't know how I could live in a world without being connected to some kind of higher power, whether mm. it be God, whether it be the universe. I grew up Mormon, and for me, that was kind of like, religion was such a, not a downer, but it was, so, it was more than that. It was like stressful and chaotic Mm. and like even though it's meant to bring peace 
that specific religion for me wasn't wasn't that but it instilled in me god and that's what i'm grateful for because god is real no matter who because man made religion is man-made but god is real and he takes care of you and does so much for you that you don't even realize and even one in my session with the energy healer we talked about god and how i was very much mad at god i i resented god for a long a long part and i wasn't even just so recently being able to really realize that i blamed him for a lot of things and even though even when i was blaming him he still was good he was still taking care of me and i grew up thinking that god was was a kind of conditional person that you have to be doing this this and this for him to love you or for him to to bless you um or help you at all and it's it's just not true because god is not human like us he doesn't have these like resentments or these do this and then you'll get that or like you only do this if you do that for me and it's really opened my eyes to like why why he created such a beautiful world why he created us as humans and why so much of that needs to be not not only acknowledged but like just recognized in everyday life because you only see miracles if you're looking for them and it will it will pass you by mm-hmm. i i loved I, I saw something that you wrote about like literally smelling the roses mm-hmm. and it really that kind of sentiment is true and I, you don't really understand it until you start experiencing life more and more and how much we can get wrapped up in ourselves and how much we can just lose sight of what's really important and also just being in the moment and what that really means sure. to, be, to be open to that and I just I'm an open person I think my faith is not connected to any kind of institution or building it really is so personal and it should be everyone's faith is going to look different i think as long as you do have a higher power that you know will be there and help you it not only like alleviates that stress of the fact that like you're not doing this all on your own and you're not making this all on your own Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah we all help each other and god helps us so much and absolutely that's what i feel like this life is about You know, you never know what anybody's going through. And I think it's our responsibility as people to just lead with that love and with that kindness. I mean, now more than ever, right? I think like that's what this time is teaching for me, at least just how real hatred is a part of the fabric of our country and a part of the fabric of humanity. And I think I've lived a very sheltered life and that has shielded me from that truth. But to realize how real it is is upsetting and to feel like maybe I've been a part of that through my sort of blissful ignorance in some way has forced me to reframe just the way I think about everything specifically you know the people around me human beings and around me and and uh it's crazy to me how yeah how much that hatred is real how much it's been real for so many years it's it's the fact that like I see Trump 2020 and underneath that it says fuck your feelings mm. that's what really gets me yeah that's what we, we only get one life man mm. and honestly like I grew up I didn't even really really understand what racism or any of that stuff really was mm. and I also found myself being lost because I wasn't black I was Samoan and Filipino didn't really know that like I had Asian friends but like 
never really identified as Asian, really. Like, I don't know. And then even Samoan, I didn't really feel like a Samoan. I don't, I don't know. Being yeah. mixed is kind of really in its own kind of little bubble. But mm. I had a lot of identity issues. I hated my name. Like, I always wanted to be white. I remember, like, I hated my name, even though Andy is a pretty white name. Like, <laughs> and, like, I would go to school, like, changing my name, bro. Uh. Like, I would go from, like, Jason to, like, uh, Tommy. Mm-hmm. Uh, every week, the teacher would be like, who the hell is this new kid? Oh, it's it's Andy. He just changed his name on the papers. Like, one day I went into, I had my name for a week. John Jacob Jingleheimer shit, bro. <laughs> That's how white I wanted to be. Jesus. And I wrote that whole thing on my papers. I'm like, so it's just, it's crazy. Like, no one, like I said, no one's perfect. These issues have always been there. And, like, humans and it's something that we all are going to deal with and be experienced and it's just crazy to know that there's a leader out there that's not that whenever given the the chance to do what's right or even just to say like i'm gonna i know that racism is wrong and that white supremacy is wrong and taking that chance and being like i'm gonna i'm gonna stand up for that he doesn't Mm-hmm. And that did, that's that re- really, like, I have family members who, who are pro-Trump, you know, and friends who are pro-Trump, and I, I don't love them or hate them any less. Honestly, everything you're seeing around is just to vote, vote, and that's the most important thing, which it is. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's the fact of, like, for me personally, if I'm going to be unconditionally loving, I cannot, I can't support someone like that. You for know? sure. And it's... Not to be political at all, because I feel like politics has really ruined our country because it's really missed the fact of like valuing human beings as human beings and yep. individuals, and even like even voting, man, like registering to vote. I didn't know that you had to be registered as a Democrat or a Republican to vote in the primaries. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, like you can't even just not be affiliated with anything just to to have your vote count, and that's really like that's pretty fucked up in my opinion yeah because it's it doesn't matter who what party you're with and what like it's the person it's your beliefs it's who you what you stand for and what you believe to be right and i think no like i feel like at the root of everything we're trying to be good the road to hell is paved with good intentions they say (laughs) Um, i feel like that's so true um, I, and I just feel like people miss the bullet. Like, we're so focused on the target that we miss why we're even set up in the first place. Why, like, why it's so important that we're all, we all come from families. We all come from being a child to experiencing what we do and then becoming adults and making decisions. You know, it requires more of a sacrifice to love than it does to hate, I think. And, you know, the idea that we were talking about in the beginning of, stripping things away and being open and vulnerable and to make that commitment to somebody in a relationship is extremely difficult you know it's a lot easier to just push away and turn away and run away and hatred falls under that same category of i think you know politics has polarized people and the issue of human rights is not a political issue you know but somehow it has weaved its way into one sometimes people just want to hurt the world you know i I don't know yeah yeah but not you man not you you are the exact opposite of that (laughs) i love you so much i love you so much too inspiration to me too thank you man 
This is amazing. That I love this podcast. I love the name too. Thank Holy you. Crap, Thank you. Thank you. So brilliant. Thank you. Just man. even I go back to when we lived together in Toronto, man. Like, yes. It's it's such that was such a blessing to me, and to know that like there are especially males out there who care and who aren't afraid, and it's instilled in them the vulnerability how important it is to have feelings and to express them honestly yes um it's it's i'm so grateful for you bro thank you andy so so am i for you as well and i i love you so much man love you too all right i'll talk to you soon okay talk to you soon